0: Well, hello there and welcome to April 21st. My name is Bill and this is day 111 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today we're going to continue in the book of 1 Samuel. going to read chapters, just chapter 24. Then we're going to jump over to Psalms and read Psalms 57 and 58. And then 1 Chronicles chapter 8, more names. And we're going to finish off today's reading with Matthew chapter 8. So let's get right into it. First Samuel, chapter twenty-four. After Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En-gedi. So Saul chose three thousand elite troops from all Israel and went to search for David and his men near the rocks of the wild goats. At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding further back in that very cave. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. But then David's conscience began bothering him because he had cut Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one for the Lord himself has chosen him. So David restrained his men and did not let them kill Saul. After Saul had left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, My lord, the king! And when Saul looked around, David bowed low before him. Then he shouted to Saul, Why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? This very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true, for the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you, for I said I will never harm the king, he is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It is a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I'm not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you have been hunting for me to kill me. May the Lord judge between us. Perhaps the Lord will punish you for what you are trying to do to me, but I will never harm you. As that old proverb says, from evil people come evil deeds. So you can be sure I will never harm you. Who is the king of Israel trying to catch anyway? Should he spend his time chasing one who is as worthless as a dead dog or a single flea? May the Lord therefore judge which of us is right and punish the guilty one. He is my advocate, and he will rescue me from your power. When David had finished speaking, Saul called back, Is that really you, David, my son? Then he began to cry and he said to David, Are you, you are a better man than I am, for you have repaid me good for evil. Yes, you have been amazingly kind to me today. For when the Lord put me in a place where you could have killed me, you didn't do it. Who else would let his enemy get away when he had, had him in his power? May the Lord reward you well for the kindness you have shown me today. And now I realize that you are surely going to be king and that the kingdom of Israel will flourish under your rule. Now swear to me by the Lord that when that happens, you will not kill my family and destroy my line of descendants. So David promised this to Saul with an oath. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went back to their stronghold. Psalms, chapter 57. This is for the choir director. It's a psalm of David regarding the time he fled from Saul and went into the cave. To be sung to the tune, Do Not Destroy. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O Lear and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Psalms. Chapter 58. This is for the choir director. It's a psalm of David to be sung to the tune, Do Not Destroy. Justice. Do you rulers know the meaning of the word? Do you judge the people fairly? No, you plot injustice in your hearts. You spread violence throughout the land. These wicked people are born sinners. Even from birth, they have lied and gone their own way. They spit venom like deadly snakes. They are like cobras that refuse to listen ignoring the tunes of the snake-charmers, no matter how skillfully they play. Break off their fangs, O God, smash the jaws of these lions, O Lord. May they disappear like water into thirsty ground, make their weapons useless in their hands. May they be like snails that dissolve into slime, like a stillborn child who will never see the sun. God will sweep them away, both young and old, faster than a pot heats over burning thorns." The godly will rejoice when they see injustice avenged. They will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then at last everyone will say, There truly is a reward for those who live for God. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on earth. First Chronicles, Chapter 8 Benjamin's first son was Belah, the second was Ashbel, the third was Ahara, the fourth was Noah, and the fifth was Rapha. The sons of Bilah were Adar, Gera, Abihud, Abishua, Naaman, Ahoa, Gera, Shephuphan, and Huram. The sons of Ehud, leaders of the clans living at Gibeah, were exiled to Manahath. Ehud's sons were Naaman, Ahijah, and Gera. Gera, who led them into exile, was the father of Uza and Ahihud. After Shaharaim divorced his wives Hushim and Beara, he had children in the land of Moab. His wife, Hodesh, gave birth to Jobab, Zibiah, Misha, Malcham, Jeuz, Sekaya, and Mirma. These sons all became the leaders of clans. Scheherahim's wife, Hushim, had already given birth to Abitub and Elpeal. The sons of Elpeal were Eber, Misham, Shemed, who built the towns of Ono and Lod and their nearby villages, Beriah and Shema. They were the leaders of the clans living in Aijalon and they drove out the inhabitants of Gath. Ahio, Sheshach, Jeremoth, Zebediah, Erad, Eder, Michael, Ishpah, and Johah were the sons of Bariah. Zebediah, Meshulam, Hizki, Heber, Is Izliah, and Jobab were the sons of Elpeal. Jakim, Zikri, Zabdi, Elianai, Zilithai, Elel. Adiah, Beriah, and Shimrath were the sons of Shimei. Ishpan, Eber, Eliel, Abdon, Zikri, Hanan, Hananiah, Elam, Anthothijah, Ifdiah, and Penuel were the sons of Sheshach. Shamshari, Shehariah, Al Athaliah, Jerashiah, Elijah, and Zikri were the sons of Jeraham. These were the leaders of the ancestral clans. They were listed in their genealogical reg- records, and they all lived in Jerusalem. Giel, the father of Gibeon, lived in the town of Gibeon. His wife's name was Meacah, and his oldest son was named Abdon. Giel's other sons were Zur, Kish, Baal, Ner, Nadab, Gidor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth, who was the father of Shimeem. All these families lived near each other in Jerusalem. Ner was the father of Kish. Kish was the father of Saul. Saul was the father of Jonathan, Melchashua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. Jonathan was the father of Merib-baal. Merib-Baal. was the father of Micah. Micah was the father of Pithon, Melech, Tahriah, and Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Jadah. Jadah was the father of Elamath, Azmaveth, and Zimri. Zimri was the father of Moza. Moza was the father of Beniah. Beniah was the father of Rephaiah. Rephaiah was the father of Eliasa. Eliasa was the father of Azel. Azel had six sons, Azricam, Bokeru, Ishmael, Sheariah, Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Azel's brother Eshek had three sons. The first was Ulam, the second was Jeush, and the third was Eliphalet. Ulam's sons were all mighty warriors and expert archers. They had many sons and grandsons, a hundred and fifty in all. All these were descendants of Benjamin. Matthew, chapter 8. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. "'Lord,' the man said, "'if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean.' Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the Lord, but the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go, or come and they come, and if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this he was amazed. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown out into utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, Go back home, because you believed it, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he instructed his disciples to cross to the other side of the lake. Then one of the teachers of religious law said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me now, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. When Jesus arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of the Gadarenes, two men who were possessed by demons met him. They came out of the tombs and were so violent that no one could go through that area. They began screaming at him, Why are you interfering with us, son of God? Have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding in the distance. So the demons begged, If you cast us out, send us into that herd of pigs. All right, go. Jesus commanded them, so the demons came out of the men and entered the pigs, and the whole herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town, telling everyone what happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the entire town came out to meet Jesus, but they begged him to go away and leave, him, leave them alone. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. And, you know, I'm always amazed every time I read through the story of um, Saul relieving himself in the cave and David and his men being further back in the cave and David having the opportunity to finally rid himself of this pain, Saul. But, you know, David was such a devoted servant of God and he loved the Lord so much and he feared the Lord and he would not touch the Lord's appointed who was King Saul. I think that's such a powerful, powerful story of how he clipped the corner off of Saul's robe just to show him that, you know what? I could have killed you, but I chose not to. That's incredible. How often are we the better person? How often are we the one to not seek revenge when we have every right to do so? Hmm, I love that story. Anyway, my friends, I am still south of town. Um, yeah, Brenda's Brenda's dad isn't doing very well. Um, he's, he's not in great shape. So we are here comforting and doing what we can. Um, thanks for joining me today here on Bible in a Year with Bill. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.